Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you on this Friday, August 28th of 2020. And it's been such a uh, tremendous week that we have had in the Word of God, praying that as much as we um, have uh, enjoyed this, that you also have taken something from it. As always, it is a, a privilege and an honor, and we consider it an honor that you could join us today whether you've been doing it for the last few months, whether you just started, or maybe this is your first time, we welcome you to this podcast. We welcome you uh, to this study. And this is what we do. We fellowship in the Word of God. We decipher the Word of God, and, and we speak to it from a prophetic lens uh, and, how it is, and how the Word of God is relevant to the times that we are living in this hour. So we are grateful to have you with us. And we pray that you continue to join us and stay and hang in there as we get ready to go into the weekend. This is Friday. But as always, as we say, we know that God always has something fresh, has fresh manna to give us. If, we, if our hearts are available and, and we're available to hear what he wants to say to us. Today in our panel, we have Brother Marty and Brother Fernando. And as always, it is a joy to, um, to study the Word of God together. We've been doing this now, I don't know how many years, brothers, <laughs> but for a lot of yeah. years, uh, every yeah. time we come together, it seems like there's never a dull moment, right, brothers? <laughs> you yeah. know, we're, we're always speaking the word of God, and we never get tired of it. You know, I, I can tell you probably 80, 85 of our conversation, 90% of our conversation is continually about the word of God, about the Lord, and, and that's the way that uh, it's been. So in these podcasts, it's kind of sometimes we're not just giving you a, a Bible study or something. We're, we're, we're just this is the this is the manner in which we speak to one another, amen. And I think that's the way that we should do it. That's the way the Bible calls us to speak, right, to one another in truth, amen. Yeah. And to yeah. encourage and exhort one another, and and be able to see sometimes with a psalm, exhortation, a testimony through the word, deciphering. And and that's why this fellowship I believe is so important and it's and it's and it has become important. We understand that uh this is not the only thing that you should do during the week. I think the most important that you do thing that you do every day is seek the Lord on your own and establish your relationship with the Lord. And when you do that, what these podcasts become is an extension of what God is already speaking into your life. Amen. So we're delighted on this Friday to come together. And Brother Marty, uh, I'll leave it to you to share what God has placed in your heart as we study the Word of God together. Yeah, amen. We're uh, continuing our study in Isaiah. Uh, we hit the pause button as we were exploring Jeremiah's letter um, over the last several podcasts and, uh, and the captivity and, and God's judgment upon uh, that first generation that would experience what is different than just judgment. It, it, it's called the wrath of God. Jeremiah said that in Jeremiah chapter seven, right? Uh, that they were the generation of the of the wrath of the Lord, <clears throat> and this began a, an exploration of of what wrath really is. And in our explorations, we've begun to see uh, that it, it, apparently what is being revealed in the scriptures is that there would be three. Uh, and there might be more, but I mean, there's three distinct outpourings of the wrath of God. Um, that that would occur throughout human history, and 
and <laughs> and we began to see that and have seen that in effect uh, in the outpouring of the wrath of God, because that's the term that was used by Jeremiah in that generation that uh, was carried away captive in the remaining uh, parts of, uh, of of those who rebelled against God and remained in Jerusalem were destroyed by global empire. Nebuchadnezzar came down with his armies and, and destroyed the temple, destroyed the walls of the city and slaughtered thousands and thousands of people, including the king. And that was the first outpouring of the wrath of God. The second outpouring occurred after Jesus uh, came, ministered, paid the price for us on Calvary, ascended into heaven and sent his Holy Spirit to his church, uh, who escaped uh, at the end of A.D. 70 and spread throughout the world as the wrath of God was outpoured on Jerusalem again, and the second temple was destroyed at that time. And and then the Bible seems and does predict that there will be one final outpouring of the wrath of God. Only this time it won't be uh, simply on his people in Israel, but upon the whole world. And the reason that that is, is because God dealt with his people first, the Jewish people, in the time of Jeremiah, in the time after Jesus ascended into heaven, for they had rejected the Lord, the Son of the living God, and the wrath came upon them. But then the gospel went to the whole world. And and when the world itself, the Bible predicts, begins to turn and reject that very gospel or that very outpouring of the grace of God or the extending of the hand of God to the Gentile nation, then will come the final wrath of God, uh, which we will continue to explore in the coming days because there's so many levels of uh, pattern and the way that the wrath comes upon a generation. There's there's specific things that have to take place uh, that lead up to the wrath. And we see that in Jeremiah's time. We see that A.D. 70 when the Romans destroyed the temple. And we will see it again in the not and quite possibly in in in, <laughs> in the years that are ahead um and and it's different uh from judgment as we said wrath is complete and total and the bible is revealing that there is a third wrath yet to be revealed and it's with that in mind that we that we continue to explore what isaiah saw in chapter 6 which is where we went to um and, and have been exploring. And, and the layers of revelation that are revealed in Isaiah chapter 6, they expand from his time all the way to the end of time, the final culmination and the final wrath. But there's much revealed in there, and that's what we're going to look at. Today we're going to look at some, some pretty amazing things uh, as we get into uh, digging deeper even uh, into Isaiah chapter 6. And so we encourage you to have your Bibles. I'm going to ask Brother Jeremy if he would begin our study today again by reading the first five verses of Isaiah chapter 6. And by the grace of God, we ask for the Holy Spirit to open the word and to allow us uh, to see marvelous things in Jesus' name. Brother Jeremy, would you read those first five verses to us, please? Amen. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Above it stood the seraphims. Each one had six wings. 
With two, he covered his face. With two, he covered his feet. And with two, he did fly. And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried. And the house was filled with smoke. Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Praise God. My eyes have seen the King, <laughs> the Lord of hosts. And as we've been saying, brothers, please jump in as you feel led to, to, to just contribute to the conversation. It helps a lot. Uh, we're now in part three of this, but we're going to look at it from a different perspective today. There's some very incredible things that that I think we'll see as we've been exploring this incredible vision of the prophet Isaiah, which was given to him by the Lord. <clears throat> what Isaiah saw, as we've been discovering, is, is so incredible. You know, there have been many sermons that have been preached on Isaiah 6. If you've been in the church long enough, you've probably heard a sermon on Isaiah 6. Uh, and, and and there's been many of them preached, but but very few, in my humble opinion, really, have captured the depth of its of its prophetic meaning, the layers of it, and what was actually being revealed to the prophet. Parts of it uh, over the centuries have been discussed, yes, but the fullness of its scope, its broad and and expansive meaning and thought has been withheld until quite possibly i believe our time right now and 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 that kind of a statement is not without scriptural merit and brother jeremy could you read that to us please uh the premise by which we would make a statement like that that things are withheld until the time of the end would you turn there in yes. daniel chapter 12 yes read to us yes read to us verse 9 and 10 yes and he said, Go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed up and sealed to the time of the end. Many shall be purified and made white and tried, but the wicked shall do wickedly, and none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. So here we have a, a basis in the Bible which 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 basically reveals to us that there were things of the prophetic scriptures that were sealed to the prophet, subsequently yes. the prophet, and and that they would be closed. And and the phrase that he uses there in verse nineteen, I mean nine, Daniel twelve nine, is that they're sealed until the time of the end. The time of the end is different than the last day. The last days are revealed to us. Turn over there, Brother Jeremy. Would you read that to us in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, if you could? Yes. So we can identify the difference between the last days uh, and the time of the end. Uh, Verse 1 and 2, would you? God, who at sundry times and in divers manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, 
hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, whom he hath appointed heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. So there, what we see in Hebrews chapter 1, what the Apostle Paul is writing and recording there, uh, is a very interesting statement because he, in, in effect, is saying that the last days, we use, we hear that term used a lot, especially in, in our time, you know, these are the last days. Well, in truth, the last days have been taking place since Jesus uh, made his first appearance on the earth. You know, his ministry, right. his his birth, his his uh, his life, his ministry, his crucifixion, his resurrection. The last days began uh, then, and so we have been living the last two thousand years in what the Bible terms the last days. But as we see, going back to Daniel chapter 12, uh, something really interesting there, that the phrase changes from the last days to the end of time, or that 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 the uh, the end times, as he put it there in verse uh, nine, and go thy way, Daniel, for the words are closed and sealed up till the time of the end. Now, what's interesting about that phrase, the time of the end is that he he further he had already revealed and and bore down on when that time of the end uh was and what would be some of the characteristics to recognize the time of the end can you read that in verse 4 brother uh, Jeremy Daniel chapter 12 yes it says but thou o daniel shut up the words and seal the book even to the time of the end Many shall run to and fro, and knowledge shall be increased. That's <laughs> that'll give you chills. I mean, if you, you know, in some of the modern translations, they translate it uh, uh, for travel, the ability to travel, and education or technology shall be vastly increased. You could say it that way. And so the angel Gabriel is identifying what would mark the time of the end and the time of the end would be marked first and foremost he said by the ability to uh, to travel quickly across the planet and and uh you know up until basically the the like the 1920s the whole of human history could be said that we traveled by by boat or by horse right or by foot but uh, have we indeed seen the ability to, to travel to and fro as, as the angel revealed? Yes, obviously. I mean, we're, we're landing ships on Mars and trying to, you know, we got satellites in space. We, you know, we're able to fly from LA to New York in three hours, you know, something that would have taken six months by horse <laughs> or something, you know, covered wagon, maybe a year. So indeed the, the angel was identifying uh, the times in which, uh, the, the prophecies would begin to be unsealed, particular aspects of the prophecies. Now, prophecies have been interpreted throughout the years, but there was a particular part of the prophecies which Daniel had revealed to him that were sealed until the time of the end, which would be marked by uh, a generation that was able to travel uh, at an increased uh, you know, uh, ability to and fro in King James. Mm -hmm. And knowledge uh, shall be increased, which is, uh, you know, uh, referencing the ability of, of uh, uh, or the return, if you will, to that place that uh, 
that was one scene in, in, at the very beginning of, at the Tower of Babel, right, where God proclaimed that that men would had they had they not been scattered by the Spirit of the Lord would be able to uh, to basically achieve anything, and so He confounded yeah. their languages, right, and they spread throughout the world. So, so we see that the two characteristics that the angel Gabriel is identifying there as marking the time of the end is when there will be a great shift in men's ability to travel and an incredibly exponential increase of knowledge, information, technology, if you will. And this, this is, <laughs> this is the, uh, the primer or the primer, if you will, that, that, that should alert us who study the word of God. Okay, we've reached these times and we begin to pray accordingly. And so it's identified not as the last days, but the actual time of the end. And we say that because, because we believe that, like we said earlier, that, that parts of what Isaiah saw, as we go back to Isaiah chapter 6, uh, over the centuries, you know, it's been discussed, yes, but the fullness of it, what Isaiah was seeing, uh, it's broad, expansive meaning, like we were saying, and, 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 and the thought of what is being communicated by Isaiah, it's been withheld quite possibly until now. Right. And if that and if that's the case, then we need to understand it and we will do so by the grace of the Lord and the instruction of the Holy Spirit, right? So uh it is remember revealed in the word that prophecy and prophetic scripture uh, is the testimony of Jesus Christ. And, and can you read that to us, brother uh Jeremy in, in Revelation chapter nineteen, verse ten? Yes. And Brother Marty, as as I go there, I also want to add Jesus himself in Matthew 24 references the book of Daniel at mm. a specific time. You know, That's he good. says, when you see the abomination of desolation spoken mm -hmm. of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place. And then he says what you're saying right now, brother, whoso read it, let him understand. So even Jesus points to us at a specific time. And that and that really is the end of days right there. When that happens, we know that the coming of the Lord will will will, will take place, you know, after we see that. He says, Look and read the book of Daniel. So that's another that's, point that's I wanted it. to No, that's a really good that's a really good insight there. Because even the Lord then the Lord is in in effect identifying the time of the end, right? You know, yes. and and and, he, and, he, and what you were just quoting there, he says, let him that reads Daniel at the time of the end, right? Let him understand. Right. We know at the time of the end because we were just reading in Daniel that it wouldn't be understood until the time of the end. That's good. I like that. So, uh, Revelation 19.10, right? <clears throat> yeah. Okay. And I fell at his feet to worship him. And he said unto me, See thou do it not, I am thy fellow servant, and of thy brethren that have the testimony of Jesus, worship God, for the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And there we go. So what we're saying, what, what the scripture is revealing is that everything within the scripture is the spirit of prophecy. It's testifying about the Lord. And so when we read the prophetic writings of Isaiah, for example, the key... Uh, or the or the first and foremost task that we have is to discover the Lord Jesus in everything that's being said here. 
to find the Lord in this. And and we need to understand the Lord not just as the Lord that we read, uh, you know, as we, you know, we, we tend to, you know, see him in certain ways, but the fullness of the Lord and what's revealed about the Lord. You know, whether it's his birth, his his childhood, his public ministry, his crucifixion, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension, all of it is meant to be discovered within the prophecies and 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 aspects of it and and the layers of it begin to reveal to us the deeper truths that God is trying to communicate to his people. The, the, I believe I, I believe this is Apostle Paul is that we speak the uh the hidden wisdom, right? <laughs> Let's take a look at this. In, in I think it's. Uh, do you guys remember that? I think it's First Corinthians, where he talks about the hidden wisdom. First Corinthians chapter. Yeah, are you there? First Corinthians chapter two. Chapter two. Okay. And then verse uh, six and seven. How be it, we speak wisdom among them that are perfect, yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world that come to naught, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, even the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the world unto our glory. Praise God. So when he says there in verse 6, uh, the wisdom that he's he's speaking uh he speaks among them that are perfect. Uh, that the better that word is better translated uh, mature, or those that have grown in the things of God, in the Word of God. You know, it, there's only one perfect person, right? That's the Lord Jesus Christ. So really, what he's talking about, we're speaking this wisdom that I'm communicating to you. He says, really, we're communicating to to those that have grown up in the things of the Lord, have become mature. You know, strong meat belongeth to them that are mature. Uh, we'll look at we'll look at that. We'll turn over there, brother Jeremy. Would you in, in, in Hebrews chapter five? Again, we're laying this foundation because what we're about to show you here in a second requ- requires this understanding. Mm-hmm. Hebrews chapter five. I think it's I think it's verse twelve. you find it yeah i got it here it says for when for when for the time you ought to be teachers you have need that one teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of god and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat but he identifies that the word of god can be likened to two different things right he talks about yeah. the word of God being a milk, and he also talks about the word of God as being strong meat. And then he goes on to explain that in 13 and 14. Can you read that to us, brother? For everyone that uses milk is unskillful in the word of righteousness, for he is a babe. But strong meat belongeth to them that are full that are that are of full age, even those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. That's incredible. We could spend an entire session just on that. But again, we're pointing out the the point here that Paul was talking about hidden wisdom. He was talking about those that are mature, 
strong meat belongs to them that are of full age, he just said here in, to the, in the book of Hebrews. And, and he talks about development to a point where you walk in the spirit, having your senses, that is your spiritual senses, able to discern good and evil, which is for another day and another uh, really cool, deep subject that, that's revealed there. And he goes on and begins to reveal in chapter 6, uh, that we can do this only if, if God permits it. Can you read that in verse 3? And this will we do if God permit. This will we do if God permit. And so that's what we begin to do is we seek God's permission. But understand that, that Paul says, even though there is something called strong meat, by by the time he gets to chapter 6, verse 3, he, he throws in a, a caveat, if you will, a, a, a barrier of grace. Because with each subsequent revelation that we receive, it must be received by the permission of God. It must fall within the established framework and parameters of God in order for it to be activated by the Spirit of God. And it, and it can only be determined by God as to when he says we can go on to the deeper things of God. It's not that he's trying to withhold something from us. It's that he's trying to protect us. Because the, the more that you hear, the more you're accountable for. And so yes. he, he interjects that in verse 3 that we'll do this if God allows us to or if God permits us to. Why? In verse 4 and 5, can you, can you read? And 6, can you read that, Brother Jeremy? For it is impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift and were made partakers of the Holy Ghost and have tasted the good word of God and the powers of the world to come, if they shall fall away, to renew them again unto repentance, seeing they crucified to themselves the Son of God afresh and put him to an open shame. That's, that's why he says, if God permit, because the consequences of, of going into the deeper things of God and then falling away, he says it becomes impossible for them to find a place of repentance because they have done so with the full knowledge of Christ Jesus, the Son of the living God. And in essence, as we'll see today in the next few moments, that is precisely the reason that the final wrath of God is going to be poured out upon an unbelieving world and a backslidden false church that gives itself over to what the book of Revelation predicts will be a one-world government, a one-world religious system headed by a false prophet and, of course, that infamous Antichrist, uh, the beast, the son of perdition that is yet to come. Notice what he says in verse 4. It's impossible for those who were once enlightened and have tasted of the heavenly gift were made partakers of the Holy Spirit. That's, <laughs> oh man. And have tasted the good word of God. And then he, he, he takes us further. He says, uh, the powers of the world that is yet to come. These are levels of depth 
and revelation within the word of God. And this this is this is the these are the stepping stones, if you will. These are the places that are penetrated, walls and barriers removed as we go forward in the things of God and go forward in the in the wooing of the spirit into the deeper places of understanding. And it's found in the word of God. And so as we've seen, and we'll go back to Isaiah 6, because I could talk about that for a long time, but but we need to be cautious when we approach the things of God. But we also take courage uh, or encouragement in the fact that God will not allow certain things or insights to occur precisely to protect us from ourselves. Not until he says it's ready, and that's what Paul said, this will we do if God permits us to. Because <laughs> if we just go willy-nilly and just want to like absorb all these heavy truths, right, and, and we're not ready for it, 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 it's a very dangerous and precarious place to be. But God knows these things. And so we're endeavoring to continue to go deeper. And like we just learned, uh, first and foremost, our task is to see the Lord Jesus Christ in every prophecy. And we're looking for the, we are, we are looking for and, and expecting to receive the hidden wisdom. That's what Paul talked about. He talked about the uh, the wisdom which none of the princes of this world knew. And it's not like the wisdom of the world and the princes of this world which come to nothing. You know, all of that's going to be passing away. But it, 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 it is also revealed as we started out talking about this before we get into this, that, that like you pointed out, Brother Jeremy, uh, even the Lord himself references the end time. Whoever reads the book of Daniel, let him understand, right? Uh, and we know that understanding can only come at the end time. And so there, there is a, a premise in the word of God that we're using here for interpretation, that things that have been withheld from generations before us, and even just several years before us, or or the particular time in which God chooses to reveal it, it must be time sensitive. And the fact that we're beginning to see things that we haven't seen before, although they've always been there, it is a very good indication that we're either approaching or have already begun and have already entered into the time of the end. I personally, I think that's exactly where we are. And I think that as the days continue to go forward, we're going to increasingly see uh, that that is the case. So this is the approach and the spirit of it, uh, you know, that we've been endeavoring to explore in the last two podcasts when it comes to to Isaiah's great vision. And as we've seen in Isaiah's great vision, it was tied to a historical event. Can you read verse 1, Brother Jeremy? You have uh, Isaiah 6-1, right? Yes, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, that's a, no, that's good. In the year that King Uzziah died, I I saw also the Lord sitting upon a throne, high and lifted up, and his train filled the temple. Okay. Now, we've been over this the last two days, the last two podcasts, but we're going to go a little deeper now because, again, this whole vision, uh, this chapter 6, is actually the day that Isaiah received his call to become the prophet of God. 
and when you actually go back to chapter one, what you're actually having revealed in chapter one and the messages that follow thereafter are the messages that Isaiah would preach as a result of this chapter six calling. So when you read chapter one through chapter five, you're actually reading the messages that he first preached after he received this call. And and so he ties everything that he's about to unveil, he ties it to a historical event. It's very interesting. And we need to ponder this. And I think precisely because of what unfolds and what is revealed. I mean, what is revealed, first of all, is is the Lord sitting as a judge in verse 1, right? Uh, in verse 3, we have the seraphim crying, holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts which, by the way, is a title that is given to the Lord Jesus Christ only in verse 3. And 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 up to verse 5, which you read at, to begin our study, Brother Jeremy, he's identified as the king, the Lord of hosts. But again, he begins all that revelation of what he's seeing, tying it to the death of King Uzziah. Now, we, we discussed King Uzziah from a different perspective yesterday. But but really, it's connected to our understanding of the end times. Because in a real sense, this vision, which Isaiah was, was given, is a revealing, quite possibly, of the past, the present, and the future. He saw all three at the same time. Now, listen to this. It's possible to be, uh, how would I say it, to understand it from this perspective, because what I believe we're going to see in the next few moments is that what Isaiah, Isaiah was initially called here. This is where he first receives his prophetic call. And, and in the next 13 verses, if we look at them with the hidden wisdom, the unlocking and the understanding of prophecies, the testimony of Jesus Christ, all those those foundational scriptures that I had Brother Jeremy read and we discussed briefly, um, applying to it and looking at it from that perspective, then then hidden within Isaiah's 13-verse vision that God gave him, and I think we can see this, is is the entirety of everything that ever was, that that is, and that is yet to be in the history of God dealing with his creation. And this is why I think he begins it in the year that Uzziah died. And we discussed what it was that Uzziah did. Now remember, I think that what we are seeing, first and foremost, if we take that prophetic understanding, is that the act of Uzziah in the earth realm at that time was actually in many ways, a repeat of the fall, the original fall of Lucifer, right? Yes, yes. There's a witness, brother. What what we discussed yesterday about, about Uzziah, it's very interesting that in Isaiah chapter 14 and, and Ezekiel 28, the same characteristics, you know, of this yes. wealth, of this pomp, of this strength, uh, which gives way to pride, right? Thou hast set in thine heart. 
Uzziah's act of attempting to function as the high priest, because that's what he did, right? He mm-hmm. tried to go from from being a ruler over the people, over 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 his domain, and he tried to enter into a higher office. Can you read that again to us, Brother Jeremy, in chapter 26 of Second Chronicles? I think it is. Yeah. And look, what- he was uh, usurping, right? Usurping. Uh, a, yes. a position uh, or something that did not belong to him. Yeah. So talking about Uzziah, right? Yeah. Is it First Chronicles or, or Second Chronicles twenty twenty? Second Chronicles. Now, now Second. with that in mind, with that in mind, remember as you as you're getting ready to read uh, what you just said, usurping. Uh, no other king up until this point had ever done anything like this. You know they were all they all had their flaws their their good points and bad points, but no one had ever done this this level of defilement uh that he did I mean they've been messing with idols they've been doing all kinds of crazy things they even have defiled the house of God, but he uniquely went and tried to usurp what only belonged to the high priest, a position that only the high priest um was meant to function in and 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 we see this in the way that he's described in verse 16. Can you read verse 16, brother? Yes. It says, um, but when he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed. That's a key word against the Lord his God, yes. and went into the temple of the Lord to burn incense upon the altar of incense. <clears throat> And, and when that happened, uh, he was withstood, right, by Azariah yes. the priest in verse 17, and he became angry, right? But then something happened in verse 19. Can you read that? Then Uzziah was rocked and had a censer in the hand, in his hand to burn incense. And while he was rocked with the priest, the leprosy even rose up in his forehead before the priest in the house of the Lord from beside the incense altar. And then what happens to Uzziah after he gets struck with this leprosy, which, by the way, we've discussed already in the Levitical law, leprosy is tantamount to death. You know, so when when it says that I, uh, in the year that King Uzziah died, he, he's referencing the leprous, uh, this leprous attack. That, that that came upon him, this death that came upon him as a result of his of his incredible blasphemy. But then, but the result of this blasphemy and this leprosy, uh, which would ultimately lead to his death, caused him to be banished. Look at verse twenty and twenty one. Would you read and, that? <clears throat> and Azariah, the the chief priest, and all the priests looked upon him, and behold, he was leprous in his forehead. And they thrust him out from them. Yea, himself hasted also to go out, because the Lord had smitten him. And Uzziah the king was a leper unto the day of his death, and dwelt in a several house, being a leper. For he was cut off from the house of the Lord. And Jotham, Jotham, his son, was over the king's house, judging the people of the land. 
So his the penalty for this was he became a leper and he he would stay that way until the day he would actually die, right? But what's interesting is that that he could only hang out with other lepers, <laughs> right? He's in uh, a several houses. Mm-hmm. That's what they call it. And 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 it it you know, it, this is akin to what Lucifer did. Yeah. Because what we're what we're told in, in Lucifer's case is that he left his established position. And and he said, I will be like the most high. Let's take a look at that in, in Isaiah fourteen. Because this is what this is what I believe Isaiah is having revealed to him, if you have eyes to see. Now listen. Uh bearing in mind what you just read about the earthly king Uzziah, listen to what what uh, the this this Lucifer said in verse fourteen. Can you can you read that? Yes. Uh, you want me to start from? Uh, yeah, just start from uh, twelve. Twelve through fourteen. Through fifteen. Fifteen. Okay. <clears throat> How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations? For thou hast said in thy heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will sit also upon the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the height of the cloud. I will be like the most high. Yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Yes. And we see this pattern. What what Hezekiah tried to do I mean, excuse me, what Uzziah tried to do is the very same thing that, that, that Lucifer did in eternity past. See, he, he, Uzziah is active attempting to function as the high priest. The high priest is a type of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? That's that's God. Jesus is God, man. It, this right. is why it was so egregious. And Lucifer tried to do the same thing. I will ascend. I will I will go higher than my position dictates. That's what Uzziah did. He went higher than his position dictated. And and then he said, I will ascend above uh the heights of the clouds. He says, I will exalt my throne. That's there's a kingly term, right, in verse thirteen. Mm-hmm. I will ex- I will exalt my throne above the stars of God, which is very interesting, right? Because when you look at Second Chronicles, where you were just reading, it, it, go back to Second Chronicles, and you'll see that Uzziah tried to exalt his throne and his position above the priests of God, right? Read verse seventeen and eighteen. And Azariah, the priest, went in after him, and with him fourscore priests of the Lord that were valiant valiant men. And they withstood Uzziah, the king, and said unto him, It appertaineth not unto thee, Uzziah, to burn incense unto the Lord, but to the priests, the sons of Aaron, that are consecrated to burn incense. Go out of the sanctuary. For thou hast trespassed, neither shall it be for thy honor from the Lord God. 
but he tried to to exalt his throne or his position above the priests of the Lord, right? That's what they're mm-hmm. saying. This isn't allowed for you to do. And the same thing Lucifer did in eternity past. The stars of God are the sons of God, the angels of God, right? The particular class of God, the fiery stars, the seraphim, which we'll get into in a second. There's classes of being. And and when you look at how Lucifer is described, he's not a seraph, a seraphim. He's a cherubim. Isn't that right? Right. The anointed cherub. The anointed cherub with a particular task. He has a throne. He has nations that he governs. But then he tried to take that that position and usurp it above the stars of God, which which in <laughs> which in uh, in earthly speak could be representative of, of of a special class of sons, right? Aaron's sons or the high priest's sons. Remember, in temple service, in temple worship, you had uh, the specific class of priesthood, which flowed from Aaron, who was the high priest, and his son, those related in his family line. But then there's the Levites themselves, which are a class below uh, the, 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 the Aaronic uh, sons. They come from the line of, of Korah, right? And... <laughs> And and they are they they were given menial tasks within the house of God. They were allowed to minister, to take care of the temple, to do all those things. But to actually participate in the in the glory of God, which is in the in the holy place, and and the high priest himself in the holy of holies, that was given to the particular high priestly line. And so when Uzziah tried to usurp that, he tried to to enter his position above those priests, just like Lucifer tried to exalt his cherubic throne above the seraph or the stars of God. And when he did that, he he died, right? <laughs> he became the father of death. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's... Brother Marty... Go yeah, ahead. go ahead, bro. No, no, go ahead. And I just, I just, I just wanted to bring a point too that I saw. I know yesterday you laid the ground also, and the day before, how in chapter six of the book of Isaiah, he starts with the the fall really of of Josiah, King Josiah, right, and how that yeah. precipitated the wrath of God that came, uh, not just upon Israel, but in the end it shall come upon the nations. Right, yes. and we see, and we see the same thing that is said about Lucifer in chapter fourteen that my eye caught, where he says, "You know, thou hast fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How art thou cut down to the ground, which did weaken the nations?" Yeah. So, so, so we see there another um, similarity that the action. That of of Uzziah or, or and Lucifer precipitated, really, um, him being kicked out right out of heaven and eventually wrath that will come to the nations who follow him. You know, and I, I don't know. I just saw that connection. I'm not sure. No, 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 no. That's exa- that's exactly right. You know, that's exactly right. I know what you're saying, and that's exactly right. Uh, the pattern is what we're talking about. Yes. The connect yes. the yes. connection is fascinating to me because. 
because the connection is 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 first in the spirit world and we use that term you know loosely there meaning the real world because the material world and the spirit world there's a there's a veil between us you know but but Mm. the spirit world is the real world the material world is the temporary world but they they're connective and things are being worked out in the material universe almost as if an extraction point it becomes the landing pad the extraction point for all things spiritual i know that's heavy okay but that's what you're saying you know in essence is that is that the same pattern is unfolding in that when Uzziah fell it it, it indeed weakened not only Israel, but it, its ramifications because of what's being revealed to Isaiah here in Isaiah chapter six, which would would uh, <laughs> would traverse throughout the end of the world, because that's where he finishes in verse thirteen. This involves the whole earth, verse three, and it involves the entire cities of the entire earth in verse eleven, and and we'll see that here in a second. And so you're right, he fell. It weakened not only the nation, but what Isaiah had revealed to him is it weakened all the nations of the world. It is the, it is the, uh, it's the primer, it's the launching pad, it's the trigger that called Isaiah immediately into the office of the prophet. But first, some things were being revealed to him, and so he identifies the historical event of Uzziah. As, as that marking point where he sees Jesus. I see the Lord. See, because mm-hmm. what's being revealed... <laughs> Somebody help me out here, man. <laughs> no, I, I often wonder how it is that, you know, uh, world leaders reach that point uh, where they begin to manifest characteristics or patterns or behaviors of the devil himself. Um, you know, I, and which is which is quite quite amazing, right? Because you have the likes of you go down through history. You go Nebuchadnezzar, Alexander the mm-hmm. Great. You have you have uh, Nero. You have you know Hitler, and, and even nowadays you see yes. you see the very character of the devil in a lot of world leaders that yes, are sir. filled with yes. pride, right? Yes. So yes. so how how Uzziah allowed himself to. Uh, be used like that, uh, you have to reach a certain point of pride, uh, which the Bible calls the condemnation of the devil, which is pride. And uh, it, it, it's quite fascinating to see, but that's what they begin to manifest. You know, and ultimately, yeah, right. ultimately what the devil wants to do is just that, and he will accomplish it. He will yeah. embody, he, 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 will, he will possess a man, and, and, and his whole power will dwell bodily. In that man. That's right. right. So yeah, it's quite it's quite interesting. Yes. So again, um, go ahead, brother. Are we gonna say something? Yes, brother. I was just gonna say too, and and, and just look, we're, we're looking here at patterns, right, and similarities. Here. We're comparing uh, what happened to Uzziah to the beginning, right? Another yeah. key word that we word in that we read in the book of Second Chronicles twenty six is the way. It's described. It is called. It is said of the King Uzziah in verse sixteen of what we read in Second Chronicles twenty-six. When he was strong, his heart was lifted up to his destruction, for he transgressed. And I think that's very interesting. So 
says he transgressed against the Lord his God. When yeah. we speak mm-hmm. about the fall of Lucifer, we speak about the great transgression. That's right. So to, to me, that's another. Uh, that's another. Uh, it's interesting that that word is used to describe what you say that he transgressed. He took something, or you know, that did not belong to him. He, he usurped something. It's it's taking us back and and and, and veiledly re, uh, reminding us of what took place in the beginning. That's why, uh, yeah. like for example, in the prayer of, of of the book of Psalm of David, he will say, you know, forgive me, right, presumptuous in sins, let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. The great. So these are key words when we yeah. when we read them in the Word of God. They're trying to speak to us and taking us back to the beginning, to what happened at, you know, what we're talking about at the fall of uh, Lucifer. And that's a good point, taking us back to the beginning to what happened at the fall of Lucifer, because one of the hardest things uh, or even or one of the one of the things that's withheld from most people's Christian uh, journey is these kinds of understandings of big picture events. You know, the the big question, what is the meaning of life, right? Why is everything the way it is? And on and on and on, right? The great philosophical questions of the age and the age is. But see, the scripture reveals and lays forth the explanation that the act of all creation is is about uh, ridding This, the space of heaven uh, of, of, of that great transgression you were talking about. See, it's, it, and God chose to communicate to humanity in many ways uh, as, and in many types and shadows and allegories and metaphors, trying to explain that. You know, in, in, in one of my prayer times recently, <clears throat> I was praying to the Lord and, and, and I felt like the Spirit of God came upon me uh you know in my thinking and my meditations and began to because what i struggle with most of all in in trying to talk about the gospel to people and whenever you present like when we talk about you know living holy and you know all this kind of stuff you know abstaining from being worldly you know we've heard that for so long and 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 the enemy has gotten in those kinds of phrases mm. and 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 then placed upon people the burdens of a misunderstanding of who God really is and why there are certain standards and and behavioral uh, declarations placed upon us. The Ten Commandments, for example, thou shalt not do this or that or the other. Right? I mean, why? Is it because God is up there and he's just kind of saying, look, I said it, so that's how it is. You know, and if you don't listen, you're out going to hell. You know, it's like, oh gosh, we better we better straighten up because he's gonna kill me. Well, that's how most people think of God. And 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 I felt like the Holy Spirit was saying, you know, because one of the things I struggle with in talking about the word of God to people is 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 having the sense that how they're hearing it is not exactly how God intends it to be heard. Whenever we set standard, whenever we talk about sin or transgression or whatever. Uh, it 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 has to be understood in a, in a deeper way that what is 
you know, like, for instance, the Ten Commandments were not the Ten Suggestions, right? <laughs> I mean, we, he wasn't right. suggesting we should be certain ways. The Ten Suggestions. <laughs> right? He, you know, yeah. he, he <laughs> they are established law, and they were established right. before Mount Sinai. You know, the, they came as the dispensation of angels, right? They were given by angels. They were disseminated. They were written by the finger of God. They are eternal. And so to understand sin as the transgression of the law and, and that the wages of sin is death, this is the issue. And the faith resides in the fact that the creator himself is benevolent, good, and merciful forever, and his love mm -hmm is the greatest thing and that all things exist and consist by him through Christ our Lord, by whom he made the world. That's what you were just reading. And yes. so in the construction of whatever can be perceived by consciousness given to the creatures that he made, he reveals to us that there are, there, there's an excellent and perfect way and to, and to, to, to govern ourselves within the experience of God himself. We're all experiencing him. Mm. And, he, and, 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 and the fact that he cannot abide sin is because sin is destructive and he's anything but. And so when he tells us how to live, it's not to put water on our fire, man. It's to keep us from burning up. It's to keep us from <laughs> from going in the direction that ultimately leads to destruction. Mm -hmm. And so when Paul, for example, talks about, and I know I'm getting a little down the hill here, but when Paul talks about, for example, oh, wretched man that I am, he draws our attention in the next phrase to the material universe. He calls it his mm -hmm. body. He says, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body? this material right. vessel of death, mm -hmm. right? And he says, oh, I thank God through Jesus Christ, my Lord. And that is what's being revealed to Isaiah. <laughs> You're going, what? Check this out. Because in the year that King Uzziah died, death came. When the enemy uh, tried to usurp and go above the stars of God into the very function of the high priest himself, which is Jesus Christ, we know is God's high priest. He unleashed death. Death came upon him. He became the, 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 the ruler of it. That's why it struck the king, right? Because it's a, he's a type. He's, he's a type of Lucifer himself. Right. But what happens after that, what Isaiah sees, the very next thing he sees is, I saw also the Lord. It, it's almost like a simultaneous moment, right? You know, in the year when I when I when Uzziah dies, I see the Lord, and it and 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 that's kind of what Paul is saying when he says, "Who shall deliver me from this 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 body of death?" Oh, I thank God through Jesus Christ, the Lord. He sees the Lord. And this is what Isaiah is seeing. This is what God is communicating to him. Yes. He says, look, uh, what happens? I saw the Lord sitting upon a throne as judge. In the year that this Uzziah, representing the human race, 
functioning as as brother Fernando pointed out as a vessel by which satanic influence has now caused him to repeat the very sin that plunged the entirety of eternity into death. <laughs> he does the same thing. And what's revealed to the prophet, this very event triggered a furtherance now of what's going to ultimately lead to the culmination of all things. And we'll see that. He sees the Lord sitting on the throne. He's high, he's lifted up, and his train fills the temple. So Uzziah being banished from the holy place, it was like Lucifer being expelled from heaven itself because of his sin. Listen, what happens in Isaiah says, I see Uzziah die, and then I see the Lord high as judge sitting high and lifted up, and his train fills the temple. What that is revealing and what God was revealing by the Spirit, the Lord is revealing himself as the judge when this event takes place, and the whole temple is filled with the train of his garment, his high priestly garment. And, and, and what that indicates when you actually dig into the original Hebrew there, it, 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 it fills the temple. In other words, it's, it's his, his judgment draws every available space and clears it out with his glory. You understand with his with his with his garment. What was revealed that the Uzziah, a type of, of the fall of Lucifer, the next thing he sees is judge, and the judge eradicates any space in that space that is only reserved for himself. Mm-hmm. That's what happened. The enemy tried to usurp his position and enter into the space that's only reserved for the Godhead. My goodness. <laughs> Can you say that again, Brother Marty, what you said about his uh, gar- his judgment or garment eradicates what? Any space? Yeah, all the space to- in the temple was now filled when he sits as judge. It is very symbolic in what's being revealed to Isaiah here is that every available space that could have been filled has been removed in order to symbolically declare that there is a place that only belongs to God, not to Uzziah, not to Lucifer. I'm emptying any place that they could even attempt to occupy. And and it's revealed as him sitting as judge, right? I saw him sitting upon a throne. And so, and 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 just as Uzziah was banished from the space of the temple on earth, Isaiah is seeing the Lord, and and what's being communicated <laughs> to him is that this has happened before, and this is what the Lord did. He removed any open space from anyone ever being able to come in that space again. And it's in that that the seraphim are now revealed in verse 2 that are the guarders and the protectors of, 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 of the space of God. They're seraphim. They are, they are, they are different than cherubim. And, and that's what happened when Uzziah, and I hope you all aren't getting lost, not you, brothers, but those listening. But go back and listen, and, and, and I pray the Holy Spirit opens our eyes to see this. 
Uzziah was repeating that. And when he tried to fill the space, he was banished and removed from it instantly. And when he left it, he was a carrier of death. That's what Lucifer, happened wow. to Lucifer. <laughs> wow. Wow. See, and that's wow. what God was revealing to Isaiah here. And as he goes along in the, in the succeeding 13 verses, He's going to unfold to him how the whole of all of this that had its origins in heaven above is going to be finished and completed upon the earth. And it's going to be done by, by the three holies coming down into the king. And he will function as the judge in the earth as well. And that, that's farther ahead in the chapter, but, but it's incredible. He removes the space as the judge. He kicked him out of heaven, right? And the seraphim are different than the cherubim, just as in Uzziah's attempt to occupy space and usurp metaphorically the position that only belongs to the king of kings and the lord of lords as the high priest of his father. And those that minister to him are the priests of Aaron, right? The sons of Aaron. They are like the stars of God that, that the cherub tried to override. Uzziah tried to override the sons of Aaron, the priest. Lucifer tried to override the seraphs or the stars of God as a cherubim. There's different classes of creature and being that are revealed here. And that is what he tried to do. The king tried to become a high priest and a king. And he was banished and, and, and he became a he became, he, he left the presence carrying death. And he was never allowed to rule the kingdom again. He will have a son that rules it for him. Uh, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So his train speaks of his high priest's robe. Yes, that's correct. And his and his judge's robe it, it's it's all of it, right? I mean it it's it's king, it's it's priest, it's it's prophet, it's everything. It it fills every space of the sacred space. And so when we get to the second verse there, right, where it says that the seraphims each uh you know are there now, uh that they Stood above it, above it stood, above what? Not above God. There's nothing above God, right? There's nothing above the throne. There's nothing above the Lord. They stood above the train. How deep can we go here, brothers? I mean, seriously. <laughs> I mean, really. Because what happened was, was what it seems to be implying here is that, is that they, they took a position uh, of becoming the guardians and the protectors of the space. See, they're, they're hovering over the filled space. You cannot come here. And and this is now the position that we take because the judge is sitting here. He's cleared it out. Uzziah, like Lucifer, they both left with death. Lucifer left with death. He became a king. His forehead right uh Uzziah was struck with leprosy which represents death Lucifer became the 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 uh, the unleasher of death which weakened the nations and so what begins to happen now in verse 3 can you read verse 3 to us brother Jeremy yes 
And one cried unto another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of his glory. My goodness. So what begins to happen here is that our attention in verse 2 and 3, right? Uh, what, what Isaiah's attention is being drawn to now is to the seraphim and then uh, to the three holies and then to the earth being filled with his glory. So attention is drawn. And again, we've been talking about the seraphim as the highest order. They are different than the cherubim. They guard the very presence of God. And like Brother Fernando said earlier, uh, Lucifer is described as an anointed cherub. These are different. These are seraphs. These are seraphim. They are the guarders and the protectors of his presence, of his will, and, and also of his, <laughs> the dimensions where his, where his train fills the temple, the temple of the Lord. They, 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 they're guarders of that. And, and you ain't coming in here. That's all there is to it. Not that God needs help, but but no king does everything by himself, right? I mean, he dictates, so to speak. He he delegates, I should say, is a better word. That's what that's the position they assumed. It, it's incredible because it's 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 an insight into what Isaiah was seeing, what God was revealing to him. It's so incredible that he would even reveal this to a person. And, and yet he does. And so verse 3 carries with it the declaration of the Godhead, right? Holy, holy, holy. And and it's also, I think, a reference to the war in heaven. Why do I say that? Because when they say holy, 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 they then identify the Lord Jesus right there as the Lord of hosts. That's right. And so it, it seems to be revealing here that a war took place in heaven, mm-hmm. and the, and it and it was a it was a war that the holy 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 representing the Father Son and the Holy Spirit. He saw the Lord Jesus Christ. He saw him. He saw him way back then, and he saw him as the Lord of Hosts, executing judgment and clearing the space of the devil himself. And and it means also from that point on then, after that clearing out, suddenly our attention is drawn to the whole earth, right? The whole of the earth is full of his glory. And then verse 4 indicates a judgment is coming as a result of what took place. Look at verse 4. Can you read verse 4? Yeah. <laughs> And the post of the door moved at the voice of him that cried, and the house was filled with smoke. So it indicates a judgment or a wrath, because that's what the smoke is. A wrath will come, Isaiah, is really what he's saying. But first, the earth is going to be full of his glory, because the wrath is after the glory. We have the holy, 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 says the Lord of hosts. That indicates a military term. Then our attention is 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 we leave heaven, and and he takes the prophet to the whole earth, in the declaration of the seraphim, 
who are guarding the spaces of the Lord. Because whether you realize it or not, those of you that are listening out there, the entirety of everything is, which is just ahead of us, the conflict of all the ages, the absolute destruction once and for all of the enemy and the wrath that will be poured out, it's going to happen here on the planet Earth. So what we see here then is that the attention in verse 3 after the declaration of the Lord of hosts, a military term indicating some sort of warfare that took place. Then the attention of the prophet in the declaration of the seraphim is drawn to the whole earth being filled with his glory prior to verse 4, which indicates that judgment's going to come. And the reason that we see the earth full of his glory first is because what was being revealed, it seems, is that, is that, is that before the ultimate wrath, which is all that smoke that he's beginning to see, which has its origination in heaven, right? Because it's the doorposts that are moved in verse 4, which is the temple of heaven. So it's like he goes down to the earth, and then he sees the wrath of God shaking in heaven, and, and the house getting filled with smoke, which is the wrath of God. But he's trying to reveal to him that this Lord of hosts, this, this military high priest commander, the son of the living God, is Jesus Christ, and that the earth would be filled with his glory first before the smoke. So the smoke is coming. The wrath is mm. coming. Mm. Jesus would come. And we know this because <laughs> the glory comes. Brother Jeremy, turn over to Luke chapter 2 so you so we can see this a little. And I'm going quickly. Hope I'm not boring you. Luke 2, verse 9. We speak the hidden wisdom, right? <laughs> yes. We, we speak the mystery of God. Yes. And lo, yes. Verse nine. Yeah, verse verse nine through thirteen. Okay. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. The glory of the Lord. And what did Isaiah see? And the whole earth is full of His glory. Go ahead. Yes. Mm And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Uh, Go to verse 13, you said, or 12? Yeah, 13 is fine, yes. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, and glory, to God, in the, glory yeah. to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. Now go back to Isaiah, because that's what was revealed. 
You know, the same phrasing is there. The whole earth is full of his glory. It's revealing that he would come in glory. He'd come down like he did. And 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 he, that would come first. That's what he's showing Isaiah. And then, after the working of that, uh, that 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 it would begin to cause the foundations of the house of God in heaven itself to tremble and shake, and the wrath of God would begin to be cultivated. Why? Because once He sent His Son to speak to us. There, there, there. No longer is 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 any option. You're going to make one choice or the other. But but make no mistake about it. Uh, peace on earth, goodwill toward men. Here he is. The glory of the Lord shone round about them. He's here. He's in the earth. But in essence, that glory is a signal to Isaiah that 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 once the glory would come into the earth, that the wrath of God was now going to be triggered. Why? Because if you reject what he's what he's brought to us, the, your ultimate destiny is is simply going to be to suffer the wrath of God. Mm. And 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 that's being revealed to him. And and once the glory comes into the earth, and the wrath in heaven is now being prepared, because time's running out in the perspective of heaven. Remember, he's in in a vision here. You know, he's seeing this in a vision, and there is no time and space, and so everything seems present and immediate. But yet we know that it's not, because the next thing that happens, once the glory has come into the earth, the result of it is exactly what is meant to happen. What Isaiah goes on to say, can you read verse 5, Brother Jeremy? It says, Then said I, Woe is me, for I am undone because I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. So now he, he w- the result of the glory coming into the earth triggers the wrath of God's preparation of wrath. It's coming. But the interim seems to be verse 5 in that once the glory has come, his sin is exposed. This is the gospel. It's the foreshadow. It's, it's an intensity that, that's being revealed here. Why? Because he starts to confess his sin. You know, he's, the gospel's in the earth. He's starting to confess his sins. And now he's not only the Lord of hosts, but he's the real king. You know, the, the, this whole chapter began with the rejection of a king. But the establishment of a king is revealed in verse 5, the true king, the Lord of hosts. And so confession's being made. And once that, that opened the ability for, for the forgiveness of mankind. And, and that, <laughs> oh my goodness, this is, this is so involved, man. I mean, you know, we're just hitting highlights here, but listen. Because that gives way, once he begins to make confession, uh, what's being revealed to him is then something really cool here because it, it hints at what Hebrews talks to us about when it talks about these seraphs. They, they extend the love of God, right? If you, if you actually do a study, you'll see it's the cherubim. The cherubim are the ones who execute judgment on the earth and pour and, and do the things that bring about the wrath of God on the earth. It's the seraphim that extend the love of God. 
They are the they are the ones that are sent forth to minister to the heirs of salvation, and that's what we see happening in verse six. Can you read that? Yes. Then flew one of the seraphims unto me, having a live coal in his hand, which he had taken with the tongs from off the altar. So he they were sent forth to minister to the heirs of salvation. He sent forth to minister to Isaiah, who's about to be saved, right? The story of redemption is happening because he's going to lay that coal on his mouth He's going to touch his lips, and it says that his iniquity is going to be taken away, and his sins are purged. Remember, they preached the gospel first, right? That's the same thing you just read, brother. The, right. the first people to preach the gospel were the angels who came into Bethlehem, right? And said, glory to God. <laughs> we, see the same, we, see the, we see it happening here. They preach the Gospels first, and they reveal the whole Gospel. It's a live coal from off the altar. You just read that. We talked about that yesterday. You know, it's, it's, it's the altar that represents the sacrifice, which is Calvary. But it's a living coal, which represents the resurrection. You know, the two. Calvary uh, paid the price, but, but it's the resurrection that, that testified to the fact that the price was paid and he has risen from the dead. And that's what takes away your iniquity. In verse 7, can you read what happened to him then? In verse 7. Are you there? Say that again, Brother Marty. I lost you right now. Sorry. That's right. Can you read verse 7 to us? And he laid it upon my mouth and said, Lo, this hath touched my lips, and thy iniquity is taken away, and thy sin purged. And my sin purged. So he's he's born again. What's being revealed to Isaiah is that this whole thing that began with with the with the Uzziah, King Uzziah, who's a, a figure of Lucifer's fall, and and the unfolding plan uh, unveiled to him in these verses that we're reading, culminate with the the <laughs> the, the the seraph ministering to him sent forth to minister the, to, to those who will be the heirs of salvation. And he becomes born again by the live coal, which represents the sacrifice and the resurrection. His iniquity is taken away. His sin is purged. And now he no longer is having uh, the seraphim uh, minister to him or hearing their voices. It switches. To what? In verse 8, Brother, Brother Jeremy. Also, I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send, and who will go for us? Then said I, Here am I, send me. He's now being told what's going to happen. After sin and iniquity is purged from you, from humanity, really, uh, by, by means of, uh, of those that are appointed to be heirs of salvation, now they're listening to the Lord. Now, this is his special group, right? He can hear the voice of the Lord. And then what, what, what he's having revealed is that the Lord says, I need someone to go for me. That's, that's the gospel story, right? After Jesus rose from the dead and they became born again, right? He says, now go into all the world. That's the commission. And you have to receive it and be willing, That which is what Isaiah 
he, he becomes the church in essence, right? Send me, because he would send his church into all the world. Send me. But here's where a transition takes place. And and <laughs> and I hesitate to keep going because I know I've given a lot of stuff out here already, but then <laughs> it's a lot. See, because deep, because remember, yes, because remember again, uh, now we're beginning to see that what what was actually being revealed to Isaiah goes all the way to the end of the world because he's going to ask him about it because what what we are now about to have revealed to us is the end time it's as if thousands of years of human history are left out here at this point we're left with him saying send me (laughs) right and then it picks it up again and he says now go tell this people hear indeed but do not understand see indeed but do not perceive he brings him to the end of time and and how we know this is because of verse 10 can you read verse 10 to us yes make the heart of this people fat and make their ears heavy and shut their eyes lest they see with their eyes and hear with their ears and understand with their heart and convert and be healed. And then he says what? Then said I, Lord, how long? And he answered, until the cities be wasted without inhabitants and the houses without man and the land be utterly desolate. In verse 12, and the Lord has removed men far away, and there's a great forsaking in the midst of the land. The actual word should be translated earth. It comes from the Hebrew word eret. So, you know, he's talking about the whole earth. You know, he's saying how long, uh, basically what Isaiah was asking in verse 11, how long, uh, <laughs> how long is this preaching going to be uh until the people are like this when will how long is it going to be until it's like this you know their hearts are fat their eyes are closed their ears are shut and and they will no longer have a place of repentance how long until then he says at the end when all the cities are wasted when there's no houses with men when the entire earth is utterly desolate and the lord has taken it all away that's how long it's in that time he says when this message will go out and 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 the prediction of the coming wrath of God, which you've seen in verse four, which is coming, which will not come until after all the things which we've just showed you, Isaiah, that the glory of the Lord's gonna come, that it's gonna expose sin, that you're gonna lament and confess, you will see him not only as the Lord of hosts in heaven, but now he's the king, and then uh it's going to happen by way of first the angels ministering the gospel to you, which is what the seraphs did by taking the live coal from off the altar, which reveals the sacrifice and the resurrection because it's a living coal. And then your sins and your iniquities will will be purged. Your sins will be purged. Your iniquity will be taken away. You're born again. That's interior and exterior. 
and now you will be hearing the voice of the Lord commissioning you and crying out to send you forth. And the church who you represent <laughs> is going to say, yes, send me. Then it appears that, and why we say it's the end of the world is because of what Isaiah asked. My commission is, is, to, is to harden people with what I preach. When? And, and, and when is that? Right? right? He says, at the end. Because what's going to culminate with this is, is the final wrath of God will be poured out. And, 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 and there will be nothing left. It's going to be desolate except, verse 13, for a holy seed, a remnant, an elect. Hmm. Now, how do I know that he was seeing the Lord Jesus Christ? And all this that I'm telling you guys about because of what John said in his gospel. Look at John chapter 12. Read that real quick for Jeremy. John 12. Because he references it. Can you read it in verse 39 through 41? Therefore, they could not believe because that Isaiah said again, he had blinded their eyes and hardened their heart. They should not see with their eyes nor understand with their heart and be converted and I should heal them. These things said Isaiah when he saw his glory and spake of him. What? I mean... <laughs> That's what John just said. He said, these things said Isaiah when he saw his glory. Isaiah saw his glory and talked about him, right? And he's quoting the very commission that God gives Isaiah in, in, in chapter 6, makes his people's heart fat, their eyes, you know, closed, their ears, you know, shut, so forth and so on, their eyes shut, whatever, however you want to say it. He's tying it to, to, the, to the different time frames and saying Isaiah saw all this. He saw his glory in Isaiah chapter six. He saw Jesus Christ. That's what John said. That's who he saw. And the message that he preached. If you read that chapter 12, you'll see Jesus hides himself. He's come into Jerusalem. He's about to go to Calvary. The wrath of God is to be poured out of him. And those who accept what he does after the resurrection will be born again. Those who don't, are awaiting an ultimate culmination, which Isaiah said, how long, O Lord? He said at the end, when everything is wasted and done, that's the wrath that will be poured out. That, and, and your mission at the end of time, the preaching that you'll do prior to the desolation of the entire planet and the rescuing of a tenth, right? Because the end of the world, go back to, to Isaiah chapter 6, <laughs> See, there was a distinct message, right? That's what he's saying. There's a distinct message that's going to be preached at the end of the world. Isaiah sees the final wrath upon the whole world. He's accelerated. Now, I just want to I just want to share this with you and understand what we're talking about here, brother Jeremy. Read read uh, verse ten again, would you, real quick? Make the heart of this people fat and make their ears heavy. And shut their eyes, lest they see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, and understand with their heart, and convert, and be healed. 
what he's actually revealing there is is <laughs> is is at this time he says the result of the ministry is going to shut down grace because they've reached a world and he's preaching to a world at the end of time in this vision uh that that no longer will receive the word of god that 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 judgment is coming they they won't even want to hear it and I want to show you something here, and we're going to get into this, Lord willing, as the Lord allows, if he allows, he might say something else, but as we go forward in next week. Um, remember verse 3? He cries out, holy, 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 right? right? Isn't that right? Right. And we're talking about yes. three outpourings of the wrath of God. That there has been three, there's been two so far, and there's a third one coming. And 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 why this wrath is coming now? This is this is not for the faint of heart. Okay, this is this is a really really different kind of grown up scriptural understanding here. But let me tell you something: we ain't got time to be fooling around anymore. <laughs> it's time to grow up. <laughs> Get in line, Airman. No I'm kidding. <laughs> Square those shoulders, soldier. All right, so listen. So here we go. <laughs> Remember that that the, that the cry of the three holies is a revelation of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. After the cry of the three holies, the Lord is revealed as the Lord of hosts, the, the captain of the Lord's army, right? This is Jesus. He He's always the one that appears just before judgment, just before wrath, right? In Isaiah's day, he appears as the one who has fire from his loins up and his loins down. And then the wrath of God comes at the end of uh, of that first outpouring. In 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 AD seventy, he appeared. Right, he appeared as the Son of the Living God. He appears before wrath. The glory always precedes the wrath. And in the last days, or the end time, he appears again. Now listen to this. There are three outpourings of the wrath of God. In the first outpouring of the wrath of God. Judah and Israel rejected the Father, right? They rejected the Father God. They had no revelation of Jesus Christ yet. So the first wrath came down because of the rejection of the Father. That happened in Jeremiah's day, right? And and in Israel's time, the Assyrians and the Babylonians, both of them a foreshadow of the Antichrist system. The second time the wrath of God is outpoured, this time Israel rejected the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, who you know, the Father and and the Holy Spirit were in the Lord, but it was Jesus, the Son, the Second Holy, was rejected. <laughs> and what is predicted at the end of time is in the final wrath, is that the whole world. That's why that's why Isaiah sees all the cities, all the houses, all the earth, and men being taken away. It's the final wrath is outpoured upon the whole world. Remember that that Israel rejected the Father. The Father's the one who brought them out of Egypt. The Father's the one who revealed himself to them at Mount Sinai. The Father's the one who revealed himself to Moses. And it is the Father that they all knew up until the time of the Babylonian uh, destruction and the outpouring of the wrath of God on that generation. They rejected the Father. They suffered the wrath. The second time Israel suffered wrath was when they rejected the Son. 
and, and Jerusalem was destroyed and they were scattered to the four corners of the earth. That's the second wrath. But there remaineth the wrath for the whole world. Why? Because the gospel has gone to the whole world. God has revealed himself to the whole world now. But Isaiah points out that the ministry at the end of time will be to to cause them to become harder because they've rejected, the whole world has, the gospel extended to it. There's always been a remnant within each generation who gets saved. But for the most part, most of humanity has rejected the, the, the extended hand of mercy. And so a ministry will be used by the Lord to declare uh, the coming of the Lord and the coming wrath of God, but all it will serve to do is make them even harder. And in essence, they reject the third part of the Godhead. They yeah, reject the Holy Spirit. Yes. yes. That's good, brother. And by doing, yes. by doing that, brothers, what have they just done? They have committed the unpardonable sin. Remember what right. Jesus said. You can do anything against the Father, speak against the Father, you can speak against the Son or reject the Father, reject the Son, it'll be forgiven you. But when you reject the Holy Spirit, he said, mm-hmm. you shall not be forgiven. Right. And that is what is happening. This final wrath will come as a result of the rejection of the Holy Spirit. And I'll prove that to you. Take a look at this in Second Thessalonians chapter 2, and we'll close. Lest they be converted. The world will be judged because of the unpardonable sin. And the church itself will be judged because of the unpardonable sin, the rejection of the Spirit of God. In Second Thessalonians, this is revealed where it says, uh, <laughs> uh, let's see here. For that day, he says, shall not come until there come a falling away first. And then it says, only he that let... Okay, that's what we want to look at. Brother Jeremy, would you read that? Um, Let no man deceive you. Yeah. Yeah, just read verse 1 through uh, through, uh, through 7. Now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him, that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come except there come a falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed the son of perdition, who opposed and exalted himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God seated in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember ye not that when I was with you, yet with you, I told you these things? And now you know what withholded that he might be revealed in his time. Okay, wait, 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 wait right there. Wait right there because because now we're getting to it, right? So he's saying, look, this final act, this final Luciferian satanic moment will not happen. 
you, you know what's holding him back now. There has to come in the future, he said, a church that begins to fall away at a great level. And, 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 and that will not happen, uh, or this, this coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering to him will not happen until that, that man of sin is revealed. And we ain't got time to get into that, but we're going to see him. We're going to know who he is. And then he goes on to say that, that what is withholding the complete uh, uh, rejection of God uh, yet, or the, or the complete wrath of God that's going to be poured out and the coming of the Lord it, it, it is, is something that, that can only happen in a particular time. He says, now you know what's withholding. Now you know what's holding it all back, he says. Uh, that he might, he has a time, the end time. And then he goes on to says to say this, and remember what we're talking about, the final wrath that's going to be poured out is going to be poured out because it's a rejection of the Holy Spirit. That which, that gift, that promise of the Father that was given to us when Jesus ascended into heaven and prayed to the Father that he would send the Spirit. And he came and he filled his church and the church said, send me, right? And they went out preaching the gospel everywhere. They they are the containers of the spirit and 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 they went everywhere preaching until the end of time where they will become so hard and the reason they become hard is because they reject the they've rejected the father they've rejected the son and now they reject the spirit which flows and expresses himself through the true church and that's what is happening here it is a falling away and we know he's soon to appear and that's what Isaiah was having revealed to him. And he says, now you know what's holding it back. And then he says this in verse 7. Can you read that, Brother Jeremy, verse 7? For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now let it will let until he be taken out of the way. Until he be taken out of the way. In other words, uh, he who letteth or he who is preventing this is the Spirit of God. It's the Holy Spirit. He's been preventing this, and, and he's going to con continue to be a force that holds and withholds the fullness of the Antichrist from being expressed. But when he's taken out of the way, then what happens in verse 8, Brother Jeremy? And then shall the wicked be revealed, whom the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. Hallelujah. That's what Isaiah saw. He said, how long, O Lord, until you, these cities be emptied and destroyed, right? Uh, it, 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 <laughs> he saw the end of it all. But see, what's withholding, is, what's withholding that, 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 that final third outpouring of the wrath is the fact that the Spirit of God is still active and working and still being, the gospel is still being received. But you see, there comes a time which we are we're we're very close to that right now. I challenge you to go into any mega church and try and hear the gospel. Good luck. <laughs> There's no spirit there. There's no spirit there. There's a falling away that has occurred, which has allowed the very pandemic, global reset, violent burning down of our streets, on and on and on, a wrapping and meshing of the. Uh, of the pseudo-spiritual Judeo-Christian value with the American flag and a MAGA hat. That's a whole nother sin. It's all being removed, little by little. There's only going to be a remnant like, like, like a cottage in a vineyard, right? <laughs> uh, 
like a house in a garden of cucumbers or however they said it. The church is going to become smaller. But there is a, uh, when he's removed, there is therefore now no more ability to be converted and healed. It is the giving over of the world to what it, what it's been longing for and what's been trying to, to, to come to pass since the days of Nimrod and the Tower of Babel. We're just days ahead of that. But we have that promise that the Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and will destroy with the brightness of his coming. The Lord reveals to Isaiah <laughs> that in every generation of the rest, there was always a remnant, right? In Jeremiah's day, the captivity was taken out before Jerusalem was destroyed. Isn't that right? Right. In, in the second, right? In the second outpouring of the wrath of God in the early church, the early church escaped because of what Jesus had prophesied. When you see Jerusalem compassed about with the armies, the wrath of God coming on that generation in AD 70, the early church escaped because they obeyed the, the, the words of the Lord. And so the church expanded into the West and around the world. That was a remnant that was removed. And then finally, we have this promise that except those days uh, be cut short, uh, no flesh would be saved. But he says, but for what? The elect, the chosen, another captivity. Jesus foreshadowed that when he went into the lower parts of the earth and he led captivity captive. He took a captivity with him and he's going to, to gather us together to himself. He's going to remove another captivity only this time on a global scale before he pours out the third and final uh, uh, you know, uh, wrath of God, which will come directly as a result of the rejection of the Holy Spirit. There will be no more forgiveness for sin. But let's close with verse 13, Brother Jeremy, of Isaiah chapter 6. But yet in it shall be a tent, and it shall return and shall be eaten as a teal tree and as an oak whose substance is in them. When they cast their leaves, so the holy seed shall be the substance thereof. Basically what Isaiah is saying is it's going to be so bad that it'll be like a, a tree that's been cut down. Notice there's two trees here. We ain't got time to get in. One represents the church. One represents Israel brought together, right? There's a tent. The tent represents the tithe, which is holy unto God. He's basically giving him symbolic language and says, this is what we're going to re rebuild this planet with with the holy of God. And what looks like a dead thing, it's not. Because I'm going to I'm going to cause life to spring up once I have poured out my wrath and destroyed the powers of the wicked one. Isaiah, now you're my prophet. Go tell my people, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. That's about it. Anything else, brother? <laughs> <laughs> Powerful. That's the gospel, brother. That's Hallelujah. In chapter six, that's what we see is the gospel. Yes. Praise the Lord. And and um man, I know this is a lot to chew on, but it's so uh refreshing, you know, um to hear how hidden <laughs> in chapter six of Isaiah is the full gospel from beginning to the end. We pray that you've been blessed today and that uh, I know as we go into the weekend, we know uh, so many things that anything can happen from here to Monday. But if the Lord wills, we'll be back here Monday 
uh, studying the Word of God together. We pray you've been blessed. We pray that you've been blessed today, and may the Lord bless you. May the Lord keep you, and as always, keep looking up.